This is a DevOps Sauna Field Day with Andy and Mark. What you need to know right now. Hi, Andy. Hello, Mark. We had a really interesting webinar during this week on Copilot X, and we we really enjoyed. Uh, we had a guest there, uh, James from uh, Colossus Nine from GitHub, and we were discussing Copilot X. Yeah, it was really interesting and fun to do it, and maybe even more interesting to prepare for it. I uh, know. I had some understanding and expectations of what it would be, and my expectations were uh, not set at the right level. I learned a whole lot about how these things work by preparing for that and doing it, and my habits around AI have changed now. It's an interesting interesting thing as well. So I haven't written production code for a while, and my expectations went through a roller coaster on preparing for this thing. It's like in the beginning, um, uh, it was I was moving really fast, and you know when you when you start trying a new language or or, or or working in a new project or something, there's often these little stumbling blocks with dependencies and things. But I was able to get up and running really quickly, and then I kind of realized that okay, what I what I don't know and what I don't know that I don't know uh, sometimes can you know can change my level of expectation of what the tool can actually do for me. Yeah, and a lot of your messages as we were preparing for this echoed my feelings and my experience as well. That at first it was like, well, let's see, and then oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah, followed by. This is total garbage, and how can you get anything useful from this? And then, okay, this is okay. Oh, I see how to use this. And then back to, okay, this can be amazing. Yeah, it's one way to look at this is, um, you know, if you think of the the adoption curves of things, um, I think we're in the pre-early adopters with something like uh, Copilot. We're certainly there for Copilot X. It's not even generally available yet, and we were really fortunate to be able to get in on that. Um, but I think that, you know, one of the things that's interesting is those of us who are, who are coming in, you know, super early on this, I think are going to have a lot of influence on how these tools actually roll out to the masses. Absolutely. Yeah. So one thing that, that Andy noticed, um, in, in lots of places, including, um, our internal communication and some things that we've seen on LinkedIn and other places are people don't really seem to understand, uh, the terms and what the tools are that are out there. Why don't we iterate through those, Andy? Yeah. I think that, uh, because these are all so similar, people just inter, interuse the terms and, uh, substitute back and forth and, don't always realize that, well, that distinction does have a difference and this distinction doesn't. So a lot of us are familiar with ChatGPT. It's basically the web-based chat uh, service from OpenAI. And that is an uh, interface you can type a question and it gives you an answer back, all based on AI. And the learning model that it used, or the uh, AI model, is GP, GPT 3.5 or 4. So the GPT and the number is the version of AI that it's using, or a large language model actually, that it's using, and ChatGPT is a service. Then if we look at Copilot, Copilot is a, well, let's, let's be a bit reductive just to make it easier to define. It's 
autocomplete on steroids, and it looks at your code as you're writing inside your, for your IDE, figures out what you might want to type next, you hit tab, and it autocompletes a bunch of stuff. Instead of one word at a time, you can go lines or whole blocks at a time. Yeah, whole functions. Exactly. Copilot X is kind of like the next version, pre-release, however we want to call it, beta of uh, what's up and coming for Copilot. I don't know, is Copilot X actually going to be a release name or it's just the code name for what they're working on now? But that's what they're calling it is Copilot X, and it's a it's a few different features. The one we got to play with and and uh, explore is Copilot Chat. So Copilot X Chat or Copilot Chat or however it ends up being marketed when it's released is a Chat GPT like chat window which runs inside your IDE and gets the context of your IDE. So it's a chat interface. From your open files. Yes, yeah. Right, from your open files and from the things that you highlight, it can see right inside your developer interface. Exactly, yeah. So it's basically a co-pilot focused on code, but it's not just the code interface, it's also a chat interface, which makes it a little bit easier to kind of ask some questions about it and whatnot. And that's what we played with the most. So ChatGPT is a web service, Copilot is a code service, Copilot Chat is a chat service for code, and GPT-4 is the language model, which is powering basically all of these. Yep. And I want to highlight something here. So if you're you're not completely familiar with how AI models are trained. So when a, when a model is trained, um, the data that it was trained upon, so OpenAI um, uses uh, lots of things from the internet. You know, Wikipedia is a good example of some of the, the language that it's trained on um, and, and Copilot as well. But once the model is trained, it's not getting new data. But with uh, you can vote things up or vote things down, or like I tend to do in these chats, as I say thank you when it gives me something valuable. I'm not sure if it's taking that as annotation data or not. But you're not leaking your code back into that model. And if it gives you code that you like and you click the thumbs up, what you're doing is you're validating that in this instance, it made a good decision. But you're not actually changing the data that's inside the model. So this is one thing that people have been really concerned about. It's like, well, every bit of code that I write is is going to become part of the AI. And that's just fundamentally not true. Exactly. And when we un- install the copilot, there's a big glaring check mark there that uh, do you want to have this open sourced and kind of contribute? Uh, do you want to use open source as a base when you're for your suggestions? Do you want to be warned when something might be an open source model? So GitHub, when they've built this co-pilot, have all this in mind and all the privacy and uh, your code is your code and not something for them to learn on, unless you open source it and elect into that. Then, so, so they put a lot of work into here and it's not as scary as it at first might sound to some. No. And, you know, if you're having discussions about this within your organization or like, you know, I've talked with some enterprises and they're like, well, they've already outlawed chat GPT. And I'm like, oh, really? And it's like, yeah, so we're doing it on our mobile phones or, or something like that. 
you know, keeping in mind that, you know, Microsoft has a huge uh, privacy policy and, you know, very well documented uh, legal positions on what they can and cannot do with everything from your documents and spreadsheets to the code that you may put into GitHub or uh, Azure DevOps or, or whatnot. So, you know, make sure when you're having these discussions inside of your organization that you are working with, you know, at least the, the documented uh, facts that are available. Exactly. And if you go to the web version chat GPT, that's a completely separate product from OpenAI, and they have their own privacy restrictions around that, and it's something to be aware of and to consider. But if you're using Copilot, then it's basically the GitHub uh, policies from directly from Microsoft, basically. And they are much, much more strict and privacy-focused than ChatGPT, the generally available to the public chat web service would be. So there's, there's one interesting thing um, as well that we've had some uh, really talented developers around us uh, really polarized by these tools and um, one of the things is that I've seen some people that are, you know, really nonplussed about the situation. Um, they're like, okay, well, it takes as much time in order for me to write the code as it would be for me to use Copilot or something like that. And then there are some others um, that are saying, well, you know, it took me a little while to get used to it, but then, you know, I learned how to use it and it's great. And I think part of this is like when we do anything, um, we have to get our muscle memory in. So we have to understand, you know, how do we actually, you know, if we're the pilot and it's the co-pilot, how do we actually fly the plane or not? Exactly. It's it's a new way of thinking and a new way of working. And I don't know any developer who has never copy-pasted uh, error code into Google to see if somebody else has solved it or gone to Stack Overflow and said, hey, how do you X, Y, Z and take a look at this solution? The good ones don't copy-paste what they find. They take a look at and get inspired by that. But I don't know any developer who hasn't visited Stack Overflow to find a solution. And Copilot is really not any different than that. It's just an interface for that kind of information, which is inside your IDE so you don't need to leave. I saw in one forum somebody, uh, and I experienced this as well. So I took my old uh, C book from 1996, the thing that originally um, taught me to code properly. And uh, actually, was it 96 or 92? Anyway, Workout C is the book. Um, and I started putting in the uh, the comment at the top of the exercises to do, you know, simple things, open files, uh, uh, parse strings, and and kind of whatnot, the kind of stuff you do when you're going through the katas of learning a language. And, you know, sometimes I got some uh, very Stack Overflow looking output there in my editor in VS Code. And then when I started looking at this behavior online, I noticed people thinking, you know, how can they be so sloppy that they're taking our prompts, uh, the things that you type into the chat or the questions that you ask, they're taking our prompts and putting it into the model. And it's like, okay, let's go back to the previous part of the conversation we had. The model has been trained and, you know, on publicly available data, which may include how do I solve this problem? 
And then here are some solutions for that. So sometimes I was getting these things that looked like, you know, kind of prompt leaks when in fact they were just data that the model was trained on. So, you know, keeping these kind of things in mind. But then when you get a little bit more used to using the tools, you realize that, okay, so I've gotten what I was looking for. This is not what I was looking for. So I quickly, you know, d delete the lines I don't want and edit the lines that I do. You know, kind of getting this stuff into the, uh, into the muscle memory, I think is really important. Yeah. And that's also a little bit of where the context of the terms we mentioned before become important that if I'm going to chat GPT, it's not it's not a code tool. It understands some code that it has read from different places, but it's it's a chat tool. So it's just going to, based on words, which happen to be in code, predict what the next sentence could be. Uh, when you get to Copilot, it's actually a, a code tool. So it's going to understand that this is code, not just language, which is English, well, in our case, English, which happens to be in a programming IDE. So having the right tool helps you understand the context of, of what to ask. And if you, if you Google for uh, how do you solve this C problem, you're going to get a certain set of answers. And basically, that's what GPT was trained on. So it's going to have similar answers for now. And it is still in, uh, it's, it's, or the Copilot X chat that we were using is not public yet. So, or not fully public. So it's still being trained heavily and all of our upvotes up and downvotes help it. So they're, well, they're working on improving that. But the base set of information, nobody went in and said, okay, AI, if you get this kind of question, here's how you look at it. It's it's trained on the available data. So, of course, the answers are going to look familiar. And then as we update them or upvote and downvote them, then it will learn and it will then give better responses in the future. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think that this is, you know, of course, there's a hype cycle that's going on right now, but I kind of look at this differently, that um, I believe that we have uh, some new tools out there that are not going away. And by getting into the game early, by understanding how to use them, understanding how they can affect you, and really, you know, setting your expectation towards um, this is something that not only can I start to use now and find the benefits of through many different types of use cases. Like we found, I think, five different ways to have code explained to you from everything from having it create a readme to create example code, create test cases. You know, we found a whole bunch of different ways to use the tools. And I think that by getting getting in there now and understanding how this works, it's actually going to give you a huge advantage as the tools develop. Absolutely. And as of today, you know, what what is it? The uh, May 25th, 2023, these tools are interesting, novelties, sometimes useful. And if you use them the right way, they can be very useful. But the potential is there that these are going to be really awesome and just a normal part of everybody's daily work, whether they realize it or not. And the sooner you can figure out that, okay, this is how I can use them. This is how they understand context. This is what they were kind of not, you don't have to know what they're trained on, but this is how they were trained. So this is what I can get out of it. Then the more proficient you're going to be 
So when they do get even better, then it's going to be a superpower for those who can use it, almost. Absolutely. All right. This has been a DevOps Sauna field day. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Mark. All right. Let's get back to hacking. See you next time. Bye.